The We Are Wakefield podcast, produced by Wowvy Video, creating content to wow your audience. Welcome to the We Are Wakefield podcast. I'm Claire Southerly, Managing Director of We Are Wakefield, and this is episode eight. Today, we're joined by Katie Hopkins, Head of Community and Marketing at Tileyard North, and Dan Smith, Managing Director of DSM Productions. We talk about the rise of Talyard North and the challenges faced in the events industry. Tell us about Katie Hopkins. What's been your journey into Talyard North? So what was the route into this role? I guess it all started. So I came from a fashion background. Um, I studied it at college. I studied it at uni. Went into that kind of space. Ended up freelancing, working in technical PR, talking about industrial shredders and it was all very technical and then kind of switched and did some more creative side of things and was working in loads of different spaces whether that's graphics video social media PR and then I drove past Talyard I've been based in Wakefield and for majority of my life apart from a few years at uni and I drove past the site saw the hoarding and messaged the head of marketing in London on LinkedIn and said what's going on? I want to be a part of it. And fast forward two years and here I am. I guess it was just one of those moments I thought, well, I've got nothing to lose. I may as well just get in touch with them. I'm eager to be a part of it. I'd moved back to Wakefield from Manchester. There wasn't many opportunities for creatives in Wakefield at that point, not at kind of my level anyway, entry level. And I just thought, why not? So I started freelancing for them. um, And then as the site ramped up and as construction ramped up, then started as a full-time employee and was the first higher in Wakefield. So I've been kind of really, really proud to help kind of set it up as what everyone kind of sees it today. So that's huge initiative, isn't it? I mean, who'd think to do that? That's That's amazing. Yeah. And I think people, especially people my age or people I went to university with was really scared to send an email or send a message or even pick up the phone. There's so many people I know that didn't like to ring for doctor's appointments and being really daft and just not knowing how to ask for something because the worst thing someone can say is, no, or just not reply. And that's not so bad. That's not so bad, is it? And I think that people, I think you're right. I think it's kind of, am I right in saying it's a bit of a generational thing? I think thing? so, yeah, 100%. I think, but I did quite a lot of work and professional development in university and then one of my first jobs out of university. Um, and I just thought, you know what, why not? And, I'll, you know, I've lived and breathed it for two years now and I think if I hadn't sent that message then I would have never had the opportunity and created that opportunity for myself like they weren't hiring at that time but having an eyes and ears on the ground in Wakefield seemed to be the you know right person right time. So how did you realise what that construction was about? Just the graphics on the side of the building site I'd driven into Wakefield on Barnsley Road that way quite a while um, and with kind of the London name and all these artists on the side of the hoarding it just seemed really exciting and something that Wakefield hadn't seen before. And I think coming from that creative background, it was like, oh, this is refreshing. This is something cool that's coming to my home city. And I think, you know, it's something like that maybe wouldn't have been seen in Wakefield before, but they took a chance um, on the site and, you know, it's paying off. It's a phenomenal site for Wakefield. It's absolutely, you know, bringing creatives into Wakefield, but we'll go more into Tileyard later in the conversation. Um, We're also joined by Dan from DSM Productions. So Dan, don't mind me saying, a bit of a longer journey than Katie here. Um, Katie's um, relatively 
quite, <laughs> quite a little bit younger. Um, <clears throat> but tell us your journey. How did you get into DSM? I mean, by accident. Okay. Um, I won't go all the way back to when I was running about in a nappy, but... No, my, we've, my, we've only got an hour. Yeah, so, so my, my background... Um, is mechanical engineering. I worked on the railway for a, a, a period of time. Um, I trained on the railway and I was made redundant after a few years, went on to contracting, spent six months in Derby, went down to London. Those contracts came to an end and I then went into telecoms. I was a, an operations manager for a telecoms company. We dealt in wholesale of, of, of devices. Um, and then by accident, I'd kind of got in touch with uh, with an old friend of mine and um, he had started a business doing what I'm doing and said, if you fancy a bit of bit of freelance work. So I went down, did the whole um, box pushing, bit of labour on a, on, a, on a corporate job in somewhere out York and thought, hmm, I quite, I quite like this. Um Growing up, there was always an interest in theatre. I think you might come on to that a I bit later. I was going to mention that and delve well, a little but, bit, yeah. Yeah, so I, I spent a lot of time in various shows, on stage, off stage, at the, uh, the Theatre of Wakefield. And um, I always had um, kind of a, an inquisitive mind into, into what was actually going on behind the scenes. So one thing led to another. I got speaking to um, a venue that is still our client to this day. Uh, they gave me a chance and the rest is history, as they say. Can we mention who they are? It was the Village Hotel at South Leeds. Right, okay. So um, I turned out I knew the brother of somebody there. They made an introduction, we had a brief conversation. They gave me a, tran- they, they gave me a chance and that chance paid off. Seven years later, we're still... So again, it's using initiative, isn't it? Speaking to people, getting mm. yourself out there. So for any of the listeners that don't know um, about the two different businesses, so we'll go through this as if somebody's never heard of Tile Yard North before. If you're driving to Wakefield, we're located beside the Hepworth. Tell us the background of Tile Yard firstly and then how it came to Wakefield, Katie. So Tileyard London has been based just outside King's Cross for over 11 years now and it just started as a group of music studios and has just grown massively since then. So now I think we've got over 200 businesses on site, over 150 music studios. So it's very music centric community down south. It grew very organ- very much organically and the people there collaborate, they work together and that's how kind of they cultivate this really great community of people that want to connect with one another and work with one another and that's why it's grown so much so they have the likes of apple music radio platoon soundcloud museo um and the likes of sagala um noel gallagher lots of wonderful wonderful people doing wonderful things in the creative industries um based down south um they always wanted a northern hub but they like the idea of it probably not being in the most obvious place mm-hmm. they viewed sites around the north and our owner Paul Kemp came to the Hepworth Wakefield for an exhibition and looked out the window at the Hepworth where you can see the site and asked the question, what was the story behind the mills? And long story short, that's why we're here today. Um, so they wanted to create a Northern Creative Hub. This one isn't kind of solely music centric, but we do have a building full of music studios and creatives and artists and producers, um, but wider for just other creatives in the space. We've got architects, we've got creative agencies, we've got audio technology companies, we now have co-working, we have a bar and a restaurant on site, as well as 
two beautiful event spaces and we have a new another three buildings coming soon as well so it's very much trying to build a creative hub we've got a group of grade two listed buildings and beautiful buildings restored them and yeah creating a community that wants to work with one another and building up the creative community in Wakefield as well and they're flocking in aren't they they are and especially for the events we've seen it and I think it it was one of those pinch me moments when we had the first peddler market which you might people might know from Sheffield but we worked with the team at peddler market to do it in Wakefield and we launched it last summer and the original CGI of Taliad North, um, the photographer took a photo of Peddler Market and it was kind of a spitting image of the CGI and it was one of those moments like the vision is is here and it's happening and, you know, all this hard work from people before I joined is, is paying off, which is fantastic. Um, and very much for the office spaces, for the co-working, for the music studios, for the events, it's just going strength to strength and we're just kind of building, slowly building a creative community on site and creating events for the local community that people want to be a part of yeah it's becoming a pivotal part of the community isn't it so the peddler markets the events that are there so looking back to november last year we had the wakefield business awards at tile yard and everyone was just in awe of the amazing beautiful space that's there and it worked really well for us the space didn't it yeah it's one of those so the carding shed is one of our largest event spaces and it's just a beautiful restored space but very much blank canvas you can kind of do whatever you want with it so we've had the business awards more corporate events and then we've got our first kind of more music-led gig this weekend which is super exciting and I think it's one of those venues which is really versatile for anything which is what they were thinking about when they restored it they wanted it to be a space that can be utilized for so many different things so we're you know making easier for people to hire it out and to come be a part of Tile Yard and not kind of limiting what we can and can't do on site. And are you finding that there's a massive uptake for just the spaces to for, for events? Are people coming in externally? Yeah, we've had most of the events are external hires. We haven't done many of our own Tile Yard events. It's been more about kind of facilitating events for other people and letting other people host their events in our spaces. Although this year we do want to host more of our own, it's been very much about making events special for for other people whether it's hiring it for a private party for a corporate event um for a breakfast morning and networking session oh yes or for a gig um yeah. and especially peddler market um yeah it just shows the spaces can really be versatile have you found that you've made a lot of connections with the we are wakefield members because obviously we had the networking event there in july last year Hopefully we'll be having another one there this year, no pressure. Um, but are you finding that that you're enjoying being part of that community as well? 100%. I think when I started being the only kind of employee or um, person working for Taliad in the North, it was a community and a network that I could tap into so that I wasn't working up here on my own. And I think that was really important for me at that time. I know I connected with you quite early on mm-hmm. in my time at Taliad. Yeah. And just being around other people that are working in, even not interested in the creative industry, but just in any industry in Wakefield and know what it's like and know the challenges of being in Wakefield and knowing that people want to shout about Wakefield a bit more. And with my job at Taliad, all I've wanted to do is kind of put Wakefield on the map even more so and start shouting about it because we've got so many incredible, talented people here mm-hmm. and we've got a beautiful city, which people normally call a town and don't realise that it's a city. And I think it's about time that we boast about ourselves a bit yeah, more put Wakefield on the map yeah yeah and we are seeing such a creative hub coming together there aren't we so what types of businesses are in at Tile Yard now so we've got record labels we've got a kind of a um 
Audio Technology Company, which were based in London. They had some Northern employees, so they've got a base here now. Excellent. Architecture and B, they were based in Horbury. They're also a member of We Are They Wayfield. are, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Uber, we've got a series of artists and producers in the studios, um, events business, photographer, the distillery bar, the Yorkshire Brasserie, two work at Talyard for co-working, um, and then lots more conversations in the works, so hopefully to be growing the community in the next even a few weeks, even a few months. Tell us a little bit more about the um, to work, so the co-working um, site there. So how do people get involved with that? So, yeah, so to work was based at, is still based at Bank House in Leeds, mm-hmm. um, but we're working with them to create kind of co-working a more flexible space on site here at Taliad. Okay. So we, and well, originally don't do kind of flexible um, more co-working space like drop-in space so this is somewhere you could come in for a day have a dedicated desk which is yours and leave your monitor and leave your kit smaller office spaces larger office spaces and they can be from kind of a month to however long you need them so kind of flexible terms and just being part of the community at Taliad in more of a flexible fashion and kind of a easier entry point into joining us on site excellent Dan so let's tap into this creative background (coughs) then so tell us exactly what DSM Productions do, what your offer is and who you work with? So we are a live event production company. Um, many of the Way I Wakefield members will know us from the Business Awards. Um, we provide sound, lighting, stage, video, power, infrastructure uh, and technical production services for a variety of events, um, awards ceremonies, conferences, the um, We Are Wakefield First Friday events. We Are Wakefield People First Friday, yeah. normally rushing about yeah. like a headless chicken, yeah. but that's just kind of me. <laughs> um, we, yeah, we, we deliver events across a growing um, a growing marketplace, really. Uh, we started with hotels and venue support. Um, we now work with um, financial institutions. We do a roadshow for one of the biggest um financial institutions in the UK. Uh, we work in motorsports. So we've done jobs with Lamborghini, McLaren. We did work down on the F1 last year. Um, corporate, motorsport, music. Music's growing. Music's a growing side of the business. Um, I've worked separately from the business. I've worked with um, some fairly big names, the likes of Post Malone and Bring Me The Horizon on mm. various various aspects of what goes on behind the scenes. Um, but last year, we actually, um, we, we for the first time, supplied um, special effects to Reading and Leeds Festival. Wow. So, and um, what, what does that look like then when you say special effects? The, the things that go bang and right. not just your lighting, not your yeah. sound, but special effects covers anything from pyrotechnics, um, haze, smoke, CO2, Quite things like that. Quite specialist stuff then. I can imagine that in this day and age, this Fun. health and safety conscious age, yes. there are a yes. lot of challenges that come with that. Um, not really. It's just, it's a matter of, I think it's a matter of knowing what you're doing. Yeah. You know, everything that we, health and safety is a massive part and, and, from my background with rail, health and safety was drilled into me from, yeah. from day dot. So there's a lot of things that that, that we do. Um, there's a lot of times I've been told I go over the top with things when it comes to paperwork or whatever it might be. But at the end of the day, you know, I don't ever want anybody to leave a gig and, and be hurt as a result no. of it. So it's fun. The pyro stuff is fun. 
Um, but there are a lot of there's a there's a lot of regulation legislation legislation around it. Mm-hmm. But like a lot of things, if you know what you're doing or you've got a team behind you, and I think that's a very key thing for me is having the right team behind. Um, then, like a lot of other things, it's it's as safe as anything else. So basically, DSM are quite a small team, aren't they? So tell us a little bit about the business and, and the setup of the business. So ultimately, there's me and Vic, Vic's my better half. Um, she kind of came, she's going to kill me for mentioning her on the, on the podcast, but hey-ho. Um, she came into the office to tell me what I can and can't spend. Um, <laughs> I normally tend to make an executive decision and, and overrule that, but, um, but no, so... There's, there's the sales, you know, family. I say we're a family-run business. We are. There's, there's me and yeah, myself, um, but we've got a really strong pool of freelancers, mm-hmm. um, and that comes with some really big benefits. The yeah. some of our sound engineers, one's in Florida at the moment. He flew out to Florida and he's on a cruise ship doing whatever he's doing out there. Um, we've got one of the one of our freelancers is currently doing some work over at Production Park with lecturing the next generation coming into um coming into the industry and yeah. you know that's the that's the big thing for me is the the, the freelance side the, the team having the team yeah. i know how to manage i know how to do sound i know how to do lighting i know how to fire pyro and how to build a stage but there are limitations to what i do know mm-hmm. what i am good with is management planning safety um the elements that a lot of people don't like, mm-hmm. or the, should I say they don't like doing. A lot of it is is having the team, having the core. The core of the business is there. The client base is building. We've got a really good reputation. And a lot of that comes down to the guys and girls that, that go out and do, do the job with Surrounding yourself with the yeah. right people and then you concentrating on the details. Definitely. Yeah. Play to your strengths. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, as much as I'd love to be able to do some of the stuff there's a lot of other things that can be done elsewhere. So how long have DSM been going now? So officially, we've been going uh, seven years. November 2016, we incorporated. Okay. I do say officially seven years, but I kind of class it as a five-year business because obviously in 2020, we took two stopped. years out. Yeah, we had two yeah. two year two year holiday in in 2020. So. And obviously, your industry was heavily impacted more than. Any other industry that I can think of, really? Um, yeah. How, how did you survive? What 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 was it like going through that period? Trying. Mm. Um, our so we were we were just starting year three at that point. Um, yeah, we'd we'd, we'd moved into new premises at that. We, so we moved from one side of the industrial estate run now to the other, nicer unit, more suited. So you're what based we in Wakefield. So we're based in yeah. Wakefield, yeah. And we literally just agreed to move into a bigger unit, nicer unit at Mormony. Mm-hmm. And then three months later, everything just changed. Obviously, nobody could see what what was coming. Uh, but yeah, the company was growing. We'd made new commitments financially. We'd we'd had bought new gear in. You know, work was coming in, so it made sense to to buy new assets to facilitate those jobs. And our diary for probably an 18-month window, just cleared within 48 hours. Mm. Um, we just, we were actually in the process of loading a job to go out to an NHS client the following day. And I got a phone call and I knew exactly why the client was ringing. And it was just, do you know what? 
Okay. But initially, there wasn't really any worry. There was no real stress. Well, we couldn't see what was coming, could we? Exactly. Mm. We, you know, I thought, well, give it, give it six weeks. We'll be, we'll be fine. We'll be back to it. And then, so the support came, dribs and drabs came through, and like, okay, so I'm planning for. Now we're planning for three months of, of quiet period. It became apparent that this wasn't going away anytime soon, and so I ultimately couldn't furlough myself, even though I'm even though I'm employed. I'm it's still my business, mm-hmm. so I had to keep the business going in whatever way I could. So how that, did you the, do that? There wasn't really a lot I could do apart from just speak to other people, speak to clients, speak to suppliers. Uh, I got involved with a, an with a wasn't an incentive it was kind of a collective of other industry companies that really doesn't sound like it's meant to but yeah other other companies doing what we in do in the same situation yeah and um mm. there was a there was something called uh, events for covid formed and a lot of it we kind of did what the event industry does really well so we were taking goods in protein bars cases of water um working with a couple of other uh, other other companies and then distributing those to frontline staff. So we kind of, you know, this was this was in the period when it was still like, okay, we we might we might get an end to this before we run out of money. And then it was like, ah, okay, uh, we are going to run out of money. I went and worked on the food production line for six months, packing dry seasoning into kind of fifty kilo sacks, twelve hours a day. Mm. But that was kind of my right. Okay, well, let's let's mothball things now well the thing is i mean you know you're a parent young family both both wages rely on that business Mm. you know i mean i don't i don't begrudge anybody that you know i know people that were furloughed and then went straight driving for asda and paid the mortgage off i don't Mm. i don't begrudge anybody for 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 doing what they did you know at the end of the day it is it's about survival but yeah for us it wasn't too bad with Vic because she we could furlough Vic she wasn't in there was nothing happening in the office yeah so there's no need for her to be in so furlough came along right brilliant um so that supported one wage and yeah it was just I'll be honest I class myself lucky that we didn't have a big workforce mm. So, yes, we were still paying out. We still had rent, finance payments, everything else going out the door. But I didn't have the burden of paying someone else's wages. wages and mm. I know a fair few companies, the amount of sleepless nights that, they're, that, the, that the MDs and the owners were having because their wage bill were 150k a month. And you're like, wow. And I think that kind of links back to how the structure of the business works, that we do have quiet periods. When the quiet periods are there... We don't have to worry as much. Is your work quite seasonal then, would you say? It can be. Yeah. It can be. Um, there's always the same two or three weeks every year that drop dead. Mm. And when I say dead, there is not a single thing that comes in or goes out, uh, which generally tends to be the last week of the school term into the summer holidays because corporate's wrapping up, they're going on holiday, mm. and festival season hasn't quite kicked in yet. Um and then we have a mad rush kind of September through start of December. December, January, February is relatively quiet and then March starts picking up again. So it is it is relatively seasonal, mm. um, which doesn't help because we were meant to have moved into the new premises by now and in the quiet period. Um, but <laughs> thanks to the good old 
British weather, there's been a few delays on um, on the building works that are getting done. So you're moving into a new build, bigger premises. New build. So let's move premises. on from the pandemic then. Yeah. So we've had tough time, basically mothballed the business. Yeah. So we start picking back up, I'm guessing, live events start up again. We did have um, saving grace towards the back end of the pandemic. We, we won a contract to do some virtual streaming. Work. Okay. Um, I was going to ask you about that because obviously live events weren't happening, but mm. everyone made the shift to online. So did you? So we, yeah, play so any we, we kind of had to adapt very quickly. Yeah. Um, at this point, the the most video that we had was projectors and screens. Mm. No camera equipment, no mixing equipment, no hardware to broadcast. Mm. Um. So yeah, so we we. We were approached by uh, we were approached by an educational company that wanted to look at doing uh, an online production, and literally this was for six, for six weeks. Um, and no, it was, so it was, it was a three month initial three month month contract, um, and they've got an alcohol awareness program that they worked with other stakeholders, um, but they came in. We'd we'd put a bid in and said, look, cause I think. Um, I think we kind of, I'd already had a bit of an idea of, right, I've got some empty space here. What can we do with it? Yeah. So we put what's, we put a black box studio in, which is basically the walls painted black, some drapes up, and, and that gave us another option to sell. And there were a couple of things, you know, that we'd, 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 we'd been asked about, and, but nothing ever really came to flourish. And then um, this streaming job came in, uh, which... I'll be honest. I don't. I don't mind saying it, and I think anybody that knows me knows I'm sometimes wear my heart on my sleeve too often. But I don't think that's a bad thing. I think if you're honest with people, then it, it, it goes a long way. Well, I do in, I, in business. I think sometimes people are often quite scared mm. to be that way and fall foul of it because comes when you need to ask for help, when you need yeah. some support. You know, if you can be a bit more like that, I think it does actually I think, benefit I think, you I think, sometimes. I think ultimately, and especially especially at the, the time of year we were going through, you know, there was there were some big players in the industry that, that, that went bust. Mm. There was a lot of equipment that went onto the market for sale. Obviously, nobody had any money to buy it, so that didn't save companies. Um, but I, I honestly don't mind saying it. I think we were down to the last £5 of the overdraft. Yeah, that's where the business got to. We were virtually well. In fact, we we were insolvent because we had we still had finance to pay, but the money wasn't there. And how so, did you feel at that point? What was going through your mind? I don't think I can say it on a podcast. To be honest, <laughs> um, it was strange. It wasn't. It wasn't so much. It wasn't so much defeat because of what was going on. I think it was. I think it was kind of acceptable that if it failed, it it, it failed because it's. It was force majeure. It was something that we had no control mm. on. You know, as much as as much as you battled, and you, you you tried to change things, it was okay. Well, I've done what I can, and if that still doesn't work, then there's not a lot else I can do. Um, you know, it was kind of I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to think it. I don't like to fail. Mm. I, I like to be. I'm driven, um, and I can see. You know, there's a goal, there's an ambition to get to. There's a, there's a point where I want to be. But you say you and, felt quite and, defeated at that point. But what did fight or flight kick in? What what <sighs> happened? Where did you take it from there? So you're in the last five quid of your overdraft. Yeah. 
What pulled you through? The being in the right place at the right time. Okay. Checking my emails at the right time and seeing a request coming from this client. Mm. They signed a three-month contract with us. That brought the business back from the brink. They then went on to sign another nine-month contract. So, yeah. yeah. Um, we were at a point of, I was having the conversation with the accountants about winding up. What do we need to do now? Yeah. Um, the fear was there. But like I said, I don't. I didn't feel defeated because it wasn't something I'd done. Mm. It wasn't something I had control of ultimately. Yeah. And if anything, I think I think that gives you more of a drive to say, look, actually, I'm stuck here. You know, the ship's sinking, but it's not sinking because of me. Yeah. Yeah. If that if that mm. makes sense, took a bit. Of does, does that make sense? In, I do. I get that because having been at the point where the business actually did fail mm. um, prior to COVID, um, that's a very horrible situation to be in. And and you think, you know, you, you rack your brains, what could I have done differently? You know, how could this have been different for me? And sometimes there's nothing you can do about it and winding up's the only option mm. you've got. And then desperation sets in and you have to carry on with your life from there. But I can imagine that businesses that got to that point during COVID, it's a very different situation the 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 big thing with it was that because there was i think because there was still a lot of areas that were still restricted of what you could and couldn't do it then meant that it's not as easy as winding a company up and going and getting a job in the same industry doing what i'm doing yeah because those jobs weren't there no because a lot of people have been made redundant mm. you know they've been furloughed they've been sidelined what, what whatever had happened so you know and and this might, this might, hopefully it's not too controversial, but I'm very much against the idea of not necessarily phoenixing, but there's a lot of people that will rack debt up, mm. bust a company and continue without anybody really knowing what's going on behind the scenes. And the, the, the thing that, I mean, I've been in a position where we've had to send solicitors after clients because they've not they've not paid a bill. Yeah. And, you know, the big thing for us because, you know, well, it's not a big thing for us, it's a big thing for everybody, for every company. There's a supply chain, there's a supply chain involved. Well, I've got crew to pay. I've got other people to pay. Would you say that's one of the biggest challenges that you face within a business then? It's cash flow, it's definitely. Cash flow, Ca yeah. Cash, cash flow. Um, I've always tried to be... I've always tried to be flexible and appealing to be a company to work with, but the kind of you're not in business to bankroll other people. You know, we've got we've got some clients that honestly they're not bothered what the quote is. It's we're trusted to turn up, do the job. If it's more than they want to pay, fair enough. There's a conversation to be had, mm -hmm. but you know, I'd say that we probably win ninety five percent of the work that comes our way, and it's not. Because of cost, it's because of reputation. So those clients are great. And then, unfortunately, you do have the clients that you're sending letter after letter. And again, I'm, I try to be flexible. Even if it goes beyond terms, I'll try and be flexible and say, look, can we sort this out? But eventually, you've got to, you've got to go down the line of... Because you need pain. But in the, the, big, the big issue I... Or the big challenge I have in business 
a lot of the time is is cash flow. Yeah. I think because as well, because we're a service industry ultimately. You get some people that don't want to pay you first, but you're like You've got it's a two way yeah, well yeah. It, it's a two way street. I appreciate that you might be a new client, but we also don't know if you're actually gonna pay the bill. Mm. And depending on the scale of production you know, there's a there's the 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 production industry is very kind of incestuous. There's a lot of cross hiring that goes on. Depending on the scale of the job, we've got a sub renting from other companies. We have companies sub renting in from us, but it works. That that makes industry work. Um, so, on some jobs, we we might lay out five six grand, yeah, just to get the infrastructure in place, yeah, and then to then have to, to yeah. yeah, then then when we're chasing to get that paid, it's like. Mm. Makes life yeah. hard, doesn't it? Yeah. Makes life hard. Cash is king. Yeah, absolutely. Cash flow. Cash flow is king, should flow. I say. Yeah. Cash isn't king these days. Who who deals with cash these days? No, no. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt your podcast, but is your business in need of high quality video content to help raise the profile of your products and services? We create quality video content for B2B brands who want more visibility in the marketplace without the extra headache. From live action, animation, 3D, live streaming, vlogging, and so much more. For a free quote or consultation, visit wowvideo.com. Right, let's get back to the podcast. So tile yard then, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of different scale of business altogether, isn't it? So looking back at the challenges that that Dan and DSM faced through the pandemic, where was tile yard at that point? Were we mid-build? So I joined the team two years ago um, and that was just, we'd already kind of kind of got through it. Um, COVID at Talyard was kind of pre my time there, um, but I don't think it pushed back build that much. Obviously construction teams just put the COVID measures and procedures in yeah. place. And I think at that point, everything was quite kind of sole work anyway. Um, kind of someone working on a job over there and some working on a job over here. So I'm not completely sure how kind of COVID impacts Italia. I don't know that we weren't too far behind schedule anyway for opening. Um, so we opened, I guess it's nearly been a year. Um, so we, in the January I started, it was very much about researching, getting members of the community to be kind of knowing more about what we're doing and what's, what's the story, what's the journey. A year of that, and then we kicked off with our first Hepworth Market event in the December, which we just had one space ready. So I wouldn't say we were up and then we just had one building up and we had like sign off the week before. It was very much a, we will make this happen because yeah. we wanted that introduction of people to the community. Mm -hmm. Because for so long, like you said, they hadn't been able to go to a Christmas market. They hadn't been going to a craft fair. People and, were craving that oh again, Oh my God, they? yes, completely. Yeah. People needed, needed it, I think, yeah. as much as they wanted it. They needed it to be back around people. And I think that was such a beautiful moment for me. Over those two weekends, I had a stall. I was just very much like another stall holder at the event, talking to so many people that came through the doors and everyone was just so happy to be out again and to be experiencing that kind of event again in a space that has been classed as derelict for over 20 years that people's parents and grandparents once worked in. Yeah. And I think that for me was special. It was like, I'm hearing these stories about the parents and grandparents that worked in these spaces. You've not been in here since it was, you know. So when was it an active mill then? So I'm, I'm trusting oh, you know some history here, my Katie. History. So tell us some history. Tell us about those buildings. If those walls could speak to us, oh, the stories what would they, they tell? be saying? So it, they date back to between, I mean... Please don't quote me on this. They do. We won't hold you to the specific dates. Give us a feeling. Um, yeah. So 
around 1872 to 1879, I believe, this complex itself, Rutland Mills, um, was developed. So textiles? Textile mills, yes. yeah, textile mills. And... They were, uh, it was Patton Baldwin's or Peyton Baldwin's uh, mills for some time. Then once that kind of industry kind of left those mills, it's been, uh-huh. it's been everything. We've had stories where it's been a bakery. It's been like a karate and jujitsu centre. It's been artist studios. There's been so much been there over the, you know, over the course of the years it's been there. Um, so now it's nice that we, you know, we're bringing life back into the buildings that if they'd have just been untouched, they'd have just probably had to been torn down. Cause they well, were just, they've been derelict for years, yeah, haven't they? I think, yeah, 1999, I believe, was the time where they were kind of classed, mostly classed as derelict. And they were just left there. They'd have just had to be torn down because they were unsafe, weren't they? So I think it's bringing life back into the buildings, which has been, well, more important for the community, I think. It's wonderful to see the the change there. It's beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I think they've just been part of the fabric of Wakefield forever, for, for, for as long as we've been alive and pre- previous to that. And I think, you know, to the to have them restored and people coming back into the spaces after COVID, after the need time to be one another. And I think that's why kind of the co-working and office space in Wakefield for the creative industry and creating that creative community is so important because people that were working from home kind of, the, you know, I loved it at first. I worked from home at first. Loved it. I was like, I don't have to move anywhere. You get a few months in and you're like, oh my God, I need to see someone else. And I think another that's been a real... Another human being. Another human being. I think that's another <laughs> big part of it, isn't it? Like we've had businesses moved in that went work from home during COVID and then they ended up just falling into remote working and then they were like, oh, it's really valuable to have an office and have a base. And I think that's where we've drawn a few clients in few residents as we say because they, they want a home for the business and they want a space for the team to connect and collaborate and work together and I think that's been massively important as well that kind of everyone deciding and learning that actually being around people is really it's quite nice <laughs> it is nice isn't it so are you, are you feeling that there's a bit of a community spirit there now and people yeah. are connecting with each other on site yeah we're already seeing people work together on site and which has been great to see because otherwise you know that collaboration or that business or that idea might not have happened whether it's they have a beer down in the distillery bar together or they just pass each other in the halls or it's me making an introduction and they've ended up working together I think that's the value of being part of Tarlyard is growing the community and you know being a part of that it's a beautiful communal space now isn't it yeah it really is it's a jewel in Wakefield's crown again so it's 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 phenomenal what's been what's been done there so you mentioned collaborations, so we always talk about collaboration on the We Are Wakefield podcast. So tell me about the event that's coming up this weekend and tell me about how you're collaborating with Dan to make that happen. So we have our first kind of music gig this weekend at Tired North. So we've had lots and lots of events, what Dan has also worked on with us in the past, but this one is quite keep special. trying to get away, but... You just get keep, roped in every time. <laughs> just trust, it's trust. Um, and I, So this weekend we've got Ellie Sachs playing in our large event space, The Carding Shed. It's kind of our first music-led event. We've been setting the space up and I think it's one of those moments where it's another going to be a pinch-me moment, I think. Um, seeing the space look incredible, thanks to Dan, and making it happen for the audience of circa 300. What can we expect then in the audience? What what's going to be happening on Saturday? So we've got uh, a lineup of we've got Taylor Shipley, Brooke Caldwell, uh, supporting acts, 
Uh, Taylor's, I think, I believe she's 16. Um, she started headlining Iron Apple, I think, I believe, at nine. Wow. Incredible. She has uh, supported Ellie before and, um, yeah, continues to do so. And we have Brooke Caldwell. Uh, also, I feel she's 19, 18, 19, I believe, um, who's also supporting Ellie on the evening. And then we've got the marvellous Ellie Sachs. So kind of blessing us with her incredible saxophone and just bringing energy um, for a Galentine special this weekend, hence Galentine's. the time of the year. Yeah, so all the girls are going to be out in force all on the Saturday girls. night at Tally Yard. All the girls, yeah, yes, I believe yeah, so. I mean, yeah. everyone is welcome, um, but we've gone quite pink, I believe. Have we gone pink, Dan? Uh, Ellie's gone pink. The, 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 the DJ booth that, that Ellie's oh, brought with that. Is, is very pink. Um, I think there's a few, yeah... There'll be a lot of pink going on, but her colours are like pink and baby blue because yeah. we, we've worked with Ellie before on, on, on different jobs. And, um, yeah, there's a bit of red involved. I won't spoil too much, but there's a bit of red involved at well, some point. It's Valentine's, isn't it? It's got to be yeah. red. Yeah. You've got to have some hearts going on, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, a lot of love in the room on Saturday night. Yeah. Yeah, so when I talk about collaboration and, you know, that's what we're all about at We Are Wakefield, um, we've not mentioned, actually, Dan, that you're a board member. And you've mm-hmm. been involved in We Are Wakefield long before I have. So when, when did you get on board with, with So we I, are I came on before it was We Are Wakefield. So we're going back, um, to, we're going Wakefield back to Wakefield bondholders bond days. Okay. I think my tenure came up and then I was voted back on to the board by the, uh, by the directors, which is great. It you know, says that I'm doing something right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... You'll have seen the changes that have, that have come in and the difference in, in, in the the membership, how people are working together. Yeah, there's. Um, I've said to you before, I'm, I'm sure you won't mind me saying it and on, a, on, a, on an open forum, that the work you've done to bring We I'm Are Wakefield to where it is. No, 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 you're not. Um, I don't tend to give compliments, though, I've do noticed, I? I've noticed, yeah. no, no. So when 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 I do compliment, it, it is it's it's honest. It's it's, it's from you know, um, yeah. The, the work the work that, that you've done, Claire, to to bring We Are Wakefield to where it, I mean, two hundred and two hundred ish. Two hundred ish members. We'll go two hundred ish. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, before you came into post, we had two two paying members. Yeah. Um, but it's a phenomenal and, community, isn't it? And this is what we're all about. This is why we're here today. It's about these collaborations where we've got businesses like yours working together mm-hmm. um, and achieving just such amazing things. I mean, that, you know, gets me out of bed in the morning. It's amazing to see. And these collaborations between Tile Yard and other members of We Are Wakefield and DSM and other members of We Are Wakefield as mm. well. You know, I saw you a couple of weeks ago at Heart of Yorkshire Education setting up there. So she came with a referral. Yeah. It I've, was, uh, you popped us on to yeah, so the group I, I and then put you somebody else had, had recommended yeah. it as well, which yeah. again, just off a slight tangent, we've never advertised. We've never once paid for any advertising because all of our stuff, all of our work, all of the contacts have come through through word of mouth. Mm. Um, Tile Yard, I remember reaching out to Nick in the very early stages. Yeah. Uh, Nick rang me. He was on a phone call on site in London, got disconnected, didn't hear from him for a while thereafter because he's all over the place. <laughs> and then the next thing was Alan Shushi's Katie and... We've 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 built the re- relationship from there, haven't we? We've um, yeah. You know, this is exciting for us because it's the first time that we've done anything 
it's the first music thing that yeah. we've done with you as, as as a joint venture on it. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, we've we've done other things more so in the mill on corporate yeah corporate jobs. Um, so yeah, it's it's working well together. It yeah. is, and it's so. Obviously, you're on like our preferred suppliers, so it's one of those relationships where if someone comes to us and goes, "We need this, we need that, yeah. we need production," we go, "Here's Dan. You can trust Dan." Yeah, to get yeah. the job done and do it Dan, incredibly well. Not Dan, Dan, Music Man, which I sometimes get. <laughs> Never heard that gonna, one Everyone's going to give me that now. I've said that. <laughs> Dan, Dan, the Music Man. That's how we'll introduce oh, DSM, you from now. DSM, on. Dan's fine. DSM, DSM, DSM Dan. Dan. Okay, yeah. I've got a few other names I call you. We'll get censored on You can tell we've worked together for a while now, can't yeah. you? It's a so love hate relationship. I, 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 I just love want you. To and... know. Yeah, <laughs> we, we love each other, don't we? Yeah. It's it's a it's a good working relationship. Um, I just want to know so what's a day in the life of so Katie. I mean, you've been at Tile Yard now for two years. When you arrived, it was a very muddy building site. Spent your life trudging around that that horrible building site with your your big docker boots on and you know your safety boots and your high vis vest and your hard hat. Mm-hmm. So compared from then to now, what was and now is a typical day in the life of Katie Hopkins? Oh my word! Yeah, I kind of miss the hard hat and high vis yeah, sometimes. It was a look. It was. it was a good look. I mean, we've got a new build on the way. Maybe I'll be able to get them out once again. Well, we'll talk about that in a second, yeah. Um, goes from everything, really. So I kind of manage website, blog stories, social channels, any kind of other marketing-related collateral. I also look after the residents on site. So even today, I've had um, a new resident onboarding, so they're going to have a small office with us. I've been getting them settled in, making sure they're all right. I'm kind of the point of contact if there's kind of any issues or just to chat or introduce people to whoever on site you'll always see me running around the mills um it can be anything really so whether it's kind of scheduling social plans and looking at marketing campaigns and you know what what are we going to be doing in the next three months and how can I you know show that to our audience it's kind of been a helping hand at events it's talking to people showing people around the mills doing tours doing podcasts doing podcasts now yes yeah we'll see if this sticks yeah well, <laughs> and do I, do another one. I mean you spoke at our we are um, Wakefield first Friday last year I think it was July yeah we, we had the event at Tile Yard and you're an amazing public speaker I mean, where's where's the background from that? Have you done any of that before? Is it something that you've just had to you um, know refine as, as this job has evolved? Yeah, I know. I, I come from, I danced and I was in productions and lots of things when I was younger. So I had kind of 10 years working, well, performing. Working, performing, yeah. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I was always at dance. And then I'd, again, do shows at Theatre Royal. Wow. Um, and ah, so, so we've uh, we've got a bit of a theatrical yeah. background from yeah. both camps today, haven't we? That's yeah. interesting. And then I stopped, um, I had issues with my back and I stopped. And then I think it's always been something that's kind of, stayed with me I'm not a confident person I'm not someone who thinks they can stand up at an event and speak in front of 200 people but everyone always says I'm great at public speaking where I'm like oh, you're not not sure if you know what's going on in my head <laughs> but you know but you know your content don't you there's no I think one it's, more it's passion as well yeah it's to speak about Tyliard North than yourself I care about the site and I've been there for you know as long as I could have been so I think that's you know where it comes from I kind of I know most things about the buildings if there's ever an issue or something wrong I'll probably know what to do about it so you're like any other 
um, person who was running an SME, really, who was wearing 10 hats a day, yeah. doing loads of different jobs, mucking in, getting stuff done, and looking at every element of how the business runs. It's gone from being just yourself for, you know, quite a while on there, from being, you know, building site, safety boots, hard hat, high vis, and now you've gone into more expanded team so the team's grown yeah completely so we've got event managers studio assistants studio managers head of ops we've got creative and community we've got ambassadors we've got a nice team around me now to kind of support what we're doing here at Taliad. and you've been able to delegate a few tasks 100 percent to people who maybe are better suited and that's always the best thing isn't it you can't do everything yourself great answer but yeah it's grown from kind of an on-site team of one to a few a few bodies and a few people helping out but yeah it is it is wearing loads of different hats and I think that's why you know I'm 25 I've worked in PR I've worked in graphic design but in this job I've worked in nearly everything I could have possibly done um so I think it's been a real kind of growth for myself on a personal level but also you know it's been obviously good for them to have someone who's from Wakefield who knows the landscape and knows Mm -hmm. the people here yeah, so it's been a steep learning curve. and 100%, yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, I, I threw myself in as much as I could. And whether that's from the property side, I've never worked in property before, that was completely new to me. But something that now kind of I deal with on a daily basis, what I wouldn't really bat an eyelid at. But I think Katie, two years ago, I'd be going, oh my God, what, what are you doing? But I can never do that, but... Your role's really evolved, hasn't it? It's it quite has. impressive how much you've dealt with and how much you've learned in such a short space yeah, of time. Isn't I know. It? I kind of forget, but then I'm like, you know what? That is something to be proud of. And you know, I am. I am only quite young, and I think some people, you know, people meet me and they go, oh, "You're younger than I thought you'd be." And I think, yeah. wow, okay, nice. <laughs> yeah, but I think you showed that initial initiative right yeah. from the offset didn't you that you yeah. know you were prepared to go out there you saw something that you were interested in and you've ended up running the show and it's it's just mm. fantastic what you've achieved in such a short space of time and how much responsibility you've taken on in your role and the trust that Paul and Nick have had in you yeah I mean that's obviously really benefited you and it's, it's helped in your development hasn't it yeah they've been a massive massive support network and I can only thank them for choosing to to bring Talia to Wakefield because, you know, where would we all be now without Wakefield? Where would we be? (laughs) What was Wakefield before Talia? It's really had a massive impact on a lot of businesses throughout the district because it's the the go-to venue now. I mean, it's huge, isn't it? I think it's it's got to be the biggest... One of the biggest, I'd say. ...venue in Wakefield now. Yeah, and I think it is that. It's working with local people, um... And it's meeting new people like yourselves, like working with Dan. And I think it's that's why we've been as successful as we have since we kind of opened the doors. It's because we're it's about relationship building. It's been very organic. It's been just getting to know where we are situated. It's working with our neighbours at the Hepworth. It's all those things that come into consideration to kind of gently nurse ourselves into Wakefield and go, you know, we're here, um, but we want to work with you all and um, support everyone that we can. And what would you say your biggest challenge is now then as your role constantly evolves? I think as we've got a new build and that's going to be another four floors of um, creative workspace, I think it's bringing businesses in from further afield or, you know, if you're a small business, but then upscaling and perhaps need a new space to call home for your business. 
people would automatically probably go, I'll go to a bigger city like Leeds or Sheffield or Manchester, where there's more opportunities. And I think it's how can we pull people into Tallyard and create that creative community on site where actually Wakefield is the place to be, I think. And I think the people who have chosen to call Tallyard their home for their business, I think would agree as well, that actually there's so much going on in Wakefield. So much is, you know, so many independents popping up. There's so much business going on and so many creatives, but people just need to give it a bit of a chance, I think. And that's a challenge. People go, well, why Wakefield? And well, why not? So would you say that Wakefield's now up and coming as a creative industries hub? I think so. And I think the council have done a lot of work with that as well, with Creative Wakefield. Yes. Before I joined Talyard, I've been in a creative collective as well. Um, So kind of the businesses like the Art House, my friends work there as well. And being part of that Creative Wakefield network and seeing the opportunities going on in Wakefield, I think can only be helpful and hopefully we've been able to kind of add to that as much as we can. One thing we are lacking in Wakefield is accommodation. Can you tell us anything about that? We have a hotel popping up at Tile Yard. Yes, so we've got um, the mill by the river, the Calder Mill. Um, people might know it from going to the Hepworths um, fairs in the past before we took on the project. Um, that's, fingers crossed, going to be a hotel by the riverside. Um, we have kind of the... I think the shell and core works are going to be done in the next few months and then we'll we'll see when announcements on operators and things like that in the future. Okay, so, yeah, so it's very much crossed. in the early stages for now. It is, yeah, but it is something that we definitely want to do as part of kind of the master plan and Wakefield's waterfront. Um, and I know the Hepworth would kind of love having a hotel to keep and the tourism board at the council as well, keeping people in Wakefield for longer for mm-hmm. an overnight stay rather than just a day trip. Yeah, yeah, I think that was one of the key points from the leisure and tourism yeah. conference recently, wasn't it? That, you know, we want to keep people in, spending more money, you know, once they come here, don't let them just spend a couple of hours and then travel back to wherever. We want them here and making a full weekend of it. And we've got so much to offer, haven't we? You know, we have. there's so much to do. We have. And yeah. I think, you know, it's it's people like the team at We Are Wakefield and all the members that are shouting about it. Um, and there is just, there's so many great things to do. There I are. Just think. And we're starting to make more noise, which is great. Yeah. yeah. More, more of us, we've got more noise. That's right. Yeah, a collective voice for Wakefield. Mm. Here, here. Dan, a typical day, early starts, late finishes, 20-hour shift. Which, which day do you want? <laughs> A typical um, one. So tell us, a, tell us a typical day when you would be working with someone like you mentioned Lamborghini. So a typical production day we'll, we'll go with. Um, very much like like Katie's kind of touched on. I mean, I can, I can kind of summarise. There's two types of day, really. Um, surprisingly, the production day tends to be less stressful. Um, but what I mean by by that is... You've got the office day, so um, this time of year I'm normally office-based, putting many different hats on, whether that be sales, who are the new clients, who do we need to speak to, what quotes need chasing up, how many emails have come in my inbox, how many is junk, how many do I need to unsubscribe but I still don't unsubscribe to. Um, <laughs> we all suffer to, with the inbox yeah, thing, don't we? Yeah, the bulging um, inbox. You know, on to, that could be then on to planning, so... What's going out the door in the next fourteen days? What logistic, you know, what what logistically do we need? Um, which kind of blends into operations. Operations blends into the regulatory side. You know, we've got when we're doing anything, we as an industry don't. It's a weird one. We don't technically have. We don't. We're not technically governed 
but we've adopted construction industry. So we operate... So there's no specific regulation for... No. Right, there's, okay. there's, there's, there's variations, there's British standards. Um, mm-hmm. But I think the easiest way of putting it is during COVID, going back to that that big thing, we weren't recognised as an industry, so we didn't get really any support. Mm. And the reason, there was no SIC code. So for doing what we did, I think we were listed as other other management support activities because right. there's nothing saying event production. And has that changed? There's been a big campaign getting some SIC codes through. Okay. Um, but yeah, so there's no, there is regulation, but there's not regulation. We've adopted wiring regulations that have been re not not rewritten a little bit what the best way of putting it is but they've been adapted into what we do as an industry okay um so one of the big things we work to is cdm regs cdm mm-hmm. covers everything to do with construction um so when we go into the regulation it's not just a matter of putting a piece of trust in the air it's is that inspected what's the low calculations you know there's a lot of things that go on behind the scenes to get a uh, to get a production to, to, so to where it is. So in your typical day, you're planning for all this There's ahead a, of the events that are coming up. Yes, yeah. So uh, so this week, the, for, so Saturday, for example, to a lot of people, it's a one-day event. We started discussions back in November, December. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been, yes, but it's been a while getting it through. But, you know, there's the, a lot of the time, we don't just give a quote to a client. There's 3D visualization that goes on. So yeah. we, we we passed a visual on to Tyler and said, look, there's a few ideas here. This is what we've put together. This is what we think your event could look like. Do you like it? And that incorporates what the, what's the staging look like, what's the lighting look like. Even down to we can put little 3D models of people on the stage to give an idea of what's, what's going on. Um, that's kind of the easy bit. It's then getting the sign off to say, yes, this is what we want. Then we've got to make that happen. Yeah. So then you, you're on to the production planning. Um, so working out timings for, for the loading. What time can this be here? What time do we need to have crew there? There's, yeah, it, it's it's not just accounts. It's not just, well, to be honest, the accounts I've not really, luckily I've got, I've got Vic in the office that, does quite a good job on yeah. keeping up, but up until up until Vic winning full time, it was very much every single hat you can you can put on. I mean, realistically, an organisational chart for our industry would probably have six seven layers, whereas with me, it's me. Mm. I'm production manager, technical manager, health and safety manager, event manager, depending on what the event is. But it's it's, it's getting easier as as the company grows. It means I can start bringing more people into certain positions to make life easier. And is that um, the plan then? Is the plan to grow the business, grow a team? I want, I want the business to grow. Yeah. I want to be, you know, as scary as it is, I want the business to be in a position where we've got permanent warehouse staff whose pure job is to prep the jobs, de-prep the jobs, carry out any repairs, look after look after the assets that are making us part of, of what the business is. Yeah. Um, and then having the operational staff out doing the jobs, sound engineers, lighting engineers. Um, you know, there's, there's kind of a few plans at the moment for the, for the new premises that we've got our production office, admin office. Um, but having a visualisation suite, having meeting space to bring a client in, to bring Talia, to bring where I wait filled in and say, right, come in, sit down, nice Nespresso machine, have a nice coffee. 
this is what we think your event can be and, mm. and kind of taking it to, I suppose, taking it to the next level is a bit cheesy because everybody's doing that. Mm. But yeah, I want I want the company to be known. I want us to be a local, if not national employer. And do you know what? I think, again, I sometimes have a bit of a babble on LinkedIn where I've kind of come up with silly ideas and say, this is what's going to happen. But I've said at some point there'll be officers abroad. I think yeah, I mentioned to you that, yeah. you know, I'd, I'd like I'd like to see vision, DSM absolutely. Europe and, and, and why not? Let's let's go for that. Mm. You might um, as well be arranging events poolside. Well, yeah, why not? Why not? <laughs> well, let's <laughs> Although be real- we do want to keep you in let's Wakefield, Let's be realistic. Dad. These guys don't know that we're in Wakefield right now. We could all be sat by a pool for anybody that's listening now. So we've gone from shouting <laughs> to bring people into Wakefield to shipping Dan over to Spain. So, yeah, we've, but, we've no, gone full the, circle, the, the, I feel. The, the, yeah. the, big, the, big th- the big thing for us, and it comes back to the whole what is Wakefield where it is now, Wakefield is very much positioned in the centre of the country. I've yeah. said I've always said if you look at in, if you look at Wakefield on a, on a map of England, we are in the middle of the M1 and we are in the middle of the M62 and you can't be in a better position no, than that and, and the creative industries that's coming links. through whether it be Tileyard, whether it be our friends over at South Emsall, whatever mm-hmm. it might be for us as a business, if we can be linked into those organizations then as Tileyard grows we can grow. Yeah, perfectly placed. As the way our Wakefield grows, we can grow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's what the vision is, isn't it? We all grow together and we all support each other in that. Mm. So on that note, on that one. I'm going to move on to our the first top tip for 24. <sighs> so we've done we've had last year, so this is episode Eight, I believe, or is it episode nine? I'm not entirely sure. But yeah, we, we want your Ooh. top tip for 24. So this could be from a personal development perspective, from a business perspective, anything, any valuable nuggets that you'd like to pass on to our listeners. I'll my, come to you first, Dan. First. Go on. Um, can I reinforce a tip and give a new tip? So Ben Jews mentioned when he did the podcast... That was episode one. Episode one. So yes. going back to episode one, in this very studio of procrastination, I am a bugger for it. Right, okay. And I'm still trying to do my best to, to not procrastinate. So I'd reinforce, if you if you do procrastinate, try and get on top of that because it makes your life a, a bit easier. Um, I think the, the, big, the big thing I could say, and again, I've, I've, Claire, I've spoke to you on the phone, off record, we won't go into what we spoke about, but we're all human. I look at other companies, do what I'm doing, and I think, why am I not in that? Why don't I have a fleet of vans? Why don't I have 30 crew? Why don't I have A, B, and C? But then I take a step back and think, yeah, they've been going 20 years longer than I have. So I think measuring measuring where you are is a great thing, but don't beat yourself up. Wherever you are in your career, wherever you are, whether, whether it is a career, whether you are, whether it's your business, whatever you're doing, stay positive, mm-hmm. you know, not that we keep going over all ground, but we survived a pandemic. Maybe not the best choice of words with survival, but my company came back from the brink and through the darkest of those nights, you know, there was, there was hope there. You have to stay positive. And for all the musos, if you've seen Hamilton, there's a line in there that basically states the night is darkest before the light. So just keep doing what you're doing because if you can go home at the end of it 
and still enjoy what you are doing, then you've you're nailed winning. it. Yeah. You're winning. Great tip, Katie. I don't really know how to follow that. That was, <laughs> I was like, can I steal one of very, those? Very deep, wasn't was. it? But great, yeah. I think looking back at my story and how I've got here, I'd say don't be afraid to send that message, to send that email, to reach out to that person. Because like I said, the worst thing they can do is not reply. I'll just say, not, not right now. Or it could change your life. And I think that's the biggest thing I can tell to someone that as that, you know, I've practiced myself is that just, you know, don't doubt yourself, just do it. And what, you know, your life could be completely different to what you thought it would be. Amazing. Yeah. And your absolute testament to that. Thank you, Katie Hopkins, Dan Smith. Thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I very much look forward to seeing what your collaborations bring in the future. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Wowvee Video. We create quality video content for B2B brands who want more visibility in the marketplace without the extra headache. From live action, animation, 3D, live streaming, and so much more. Visit wowvideo.com. Wowvee Video. Creating content to wow your audience.